Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. If you look up the word narcissist in a dictionary, narcissist, an extremely self-centered person who has an exaggerated sense of self-importance, you'll find a lengthy definition describing someone who always makes themselves the focus of everyone's attention. A person who makes whatever situation you're going through about them. A person who can commit serious crimes, then later turn around and claim to be the victim. Narcissists may play the victim if they believe they gain something from it. Well, in June of 2021, Bravo's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Jen Shaw makes a public declaration to the judge in her criminal case. A criminal case accusing her of masterminding an elaborate scheme to defraud thousands of people out of millions of dollars. And from about as far left field as a person can come from and still be on planet Earth, Jen states to the judge, regarding the criminal case against her, that, quote, I was the victim of multiple crimes by an individual known to me who stole money from me, violated an order of protection issued by a judge, and assaulted me, causing my physical injuries. A quick note before we go on. I know this sounds a lot like the real Jen Shaw, but it's actually an actor reading from a declaration Jen Shaw wrote to the judge. You'll hear more of this kind of thing throughout the season. Anyway, Jen Shaw continues now, writing about some guy who supposedly assaulted her. He was arrested for, among other things, stealing from me in New York County, New York. The arresting officer was a detective at the New York Police Department. After his initial arrest and arraignment, a judge issued a temporary order of protection which required the individual to stay away from me. He did not 
stay away from me and instead physically assaulted me on March 27th in 2017 in Salt Lake City, Utah, causing physical injuries documented by photographs and a trip to the hospital. So Jen Shaw is being prosecuted for federal crimes. Then suddenly she flips the script, bringing up something she says happened to her that literally has nothing to do with what she's being charged with. It seems like she just wants to play the victim at this point. Sounds a lot like the definition of a narcissist, right? But what does any of that have to do with the many criminal exploits of con artist Jennifer Kekalani Shaw? Simply put, everything. I'm Jonathan Walton, and this is season four of Queen of the Con, The Unreal Housewife, episode one, I Couldn't Take My Eyes Off Her. Jen, are you going to be okay? Yeah, I just got to go figure out what's going on. What's going on? I just got a phone call and Strafe Stainers on the hospital. It's March 30th, 2021, Salt Lake City, Utah. A fleet of black SUVs and a Sprinter van have haphazardly pulled up in the middle of a strip mall parking lot. Bravo's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is shooting season two of their show. They're outside a shop called Beauty Lab and Laser, owned by cast member Heather Gay. But one of the show's most outspoken stars, Jen Shaw, is in full panic mode. She's the picture of Hollywood glam, with professionally braided hair and glitzy makeup, clad in a dark brown fur coat. I'm really hoping it's fake fur, but I don't think it is. Regardless, Jen Shaw is scrambling now to leave set after supposedly receiving a disturbing phone call about her husband. He has internal bleeding, so I need to go. They're like, are you still in Salt Lake? Like, yeah, we're still here. Let us know if you need anything. Okay, I will. So Jen jumps into a pickup truck with a driver and starts speeding down the highway. Ten minutes later, federal agents with Homeland Security and officers from the New York City Police Department descend on that strip mall parking lot. We're looking for Jen Shaw. She just left. Wow, they have like SWAT team and stuff. What the heck? In the end, agents in unmarked vehicles suddenly appear behind that dark gray F-150 Jen's being driven in and she gets pulled over and unceremoniously arrested, handcuffed in a random parking lot on the side of a cold and dusty Utah road. At this point, Jen Shaw is accused of scamming millions and millions of dollars, and dozens of police officers and federal agents want her behind bars. And she might have had things in place knowing this was coming because so many of her co-defendants were already arrested and already going through the process. She knew that one day the feds were going to come knocking at her door. That's the amazing Emily D. Baker, a former prosecutor with the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office, who's now the Internet's go-to legal analyst and host of the hugely successful Emily Show podcast. And you were the only female on an all-male water polo team. I was. I played water polo in high school. And at the time, our high school did not have a women's water polo program. 
I imagine it took some talk and convincing to allow them to put you, the only female, on an all-male team. Like, how'd that go down? I can be very persuasive. And that's what made Emily a force to reckon with in the DA's office. And it's what makes her an extremely insightful legal analyst. Add to that, she's a huge fan of the Housewives franchise. She's got the pop culture equivalent of a PhD in this stuff. And as you can probably tell, I never even went to Housewives Elementary School. Before this season of the podcast, I never saw a single episode. But Emily, she's a Bravo Rhodes Scholar with a concentration in Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw is quite a character, and she was in, for all of the seasons, most of the scenes. She was driving storylines towards her. You're going to go with Mary, who f***ed your grandfather? Only Jen Shaw would scream that in a restaurant. What is that about? Is she having sex with her grand? Did she marry her grandfather? What's the story? It was very much a moment. So one of the other housewives in the first two seasons before she left ran a church in Utah, and her grandmother had been the head of the church. Her grandmother passed, and Mary Cosby married her grandmother's husband. So he is her step-grandfather, not her biological grandfather, and it was a very interesting part of the first season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So Mary was in fact married to her step-grandfather. It is interesting. It's like a reverse Woody Allen. I mean, with their age gap, it just felt very strange and kind of surreal to watch. And then to see that thrown in Mary's face by Jen was a very weird moment. But Jen Shaw is the master of weird moments. Everything she says and does is just so outrageous, you can't look away. And Emily thinks that might be by design. It felt to me, as someone who's watched Real Housewives since the very beginning of Orange County, that Jen kind of took notes from the housewives that were the mainstays of different franchises and made sure that she was bringing that on screen, bringing the drinking, the fighting, not afraid to say things that were absolutely outrageous, getting mad, but then apologizing so people would still film with her. She watched all the other seasons of Real Housewives, studied them, figured out who the breakout stars are, and then became an amalgam of all of those personality traits herself. I think so. This was a calculated, curated persona. But here's what I can't figure out. When Jen Shaw is sitting on that Sprinter van on the day where she eventually gets arrested by the feds, she gets a phone call and then gets a panicked look in her face and tells her fellow cast members the call was about her husband, Sharif Shaw, who everyone, including Jen, calls coach because he's a football coach at the University of Utah. He has internal bleeding, so I need to go. They're like, are you still in Salt Lake? Yeah, we're still here. Let us know if you need anything. Okay, I will. So at this point, I'm thinking, it's the feds who made that call to Jen to trick her into going somewhere where they'd be waiting to arrest her. I mean, they do that kind of stuff all the time. In season three of Queen of the Con, when we did Danielle Miller, federal agents tricked her into opening her door by having the lobby call up and say, there's something in the lobby, it's an emergency, come down quick. And as soon as she opens the door, they rush in, throw her up against the wall and cuff her. What do you know about that phone call? Was that federal agents calling to trick her into going home so they could arrest her? 
Oh, there's no way federal agents called her to lure her to come home because we know they were en route to the parking lot because they show up there so quickly thereafter. So we know a team showed up and did the search warrant at her house. And then a team showed up and did the search warrant at Stewart's house all at the same time. Stewart is Jen's assistant, one of them anyway. In season one of the show, Jen claims she had seven others. And they try to have multiple teams to hit locations at the same time so that somebody doesn't get tipped off. The feds are trying to avoid the circumstance that happened here where somebody gets a phone call and then has time to take off. That's what they don't want to have happen. They want to try to take everyone into custody almost simultaneously and execute the search warrants. When you're looking at fraud cases, one of the concerns is they can call somebody and have computers wiped, have evidence destroyed remotely. So they don't want people getting tipped off early that this is going down because it might actually hamper their investigation. They want to secure the person away from their cell phones immediately, and they want to secure all the tech devices immediately. That phone call she got was that someone on her side, quote unquote, trying to warn her. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. That phone call she got was that someone on her side, quote unquote, trying to warn her. I think she was absolutely getting warned. It could have been somebody that saw federal agents at the house. I'm not sure who was on the phone, but I am very confident that it wasn't Coach going to the hospital with internal bleeding. That was all a lie that she made up. She just made that up on the fly. On the spot and in a way that others wouldn't question her. Once it's like, my husband's going to the hospital, he has internal bleeding. The other women aren't going to ask that many questions on camera. And you could see it because Bravo editing is so cheeky. You could see her side eye the camera. It wasn't because she just got word that her husband was going to the hospital. Because Jen would generally lean into something like that for a storyline most housewives would. She turned off her mic pack and looked at where the cameras were because the information she was getting are the feds are raiding your house and Stort's house. And that's when she decided to leave. I don't think she wanted to be arrested on camera. There's so many different tentacles to this scam that they wanted to get everyone at the same time. And even as hard as they tried and as many people as they put on it, still someone was able to sneak away and call Jen and say, hey, run, they're coming for you. I have to wonder if she thought being on Real Housewives insulated her a little bit, like almost, I'm a public figure now, why would you do this to me? Not realizing that the feds love to make a spectacle out of somebody, like you become the lesson. It's like, oh, you have a higher profile? Good. We're going to remind everyone that this is what you can't do. So we'll go ahead and use that profile to make a high profile arrest. They're not going to shy away from that. Thank God Jen Shaw ended up being a con artist because she really helped put Salt Lake on the map. That's Zach Peter, host of the podcast No Filter with Zach Peter. He's kind of a housewives expert. Well, I'm the housewives expert, Jonathan. Not only do I watch all the housewives, but I know most of them. I've interviewed all of them. And every time you see a headline about a housewife, it's probably because they spilled some tea on my show. (laughs) The Real Housewives franchise has been a cash cow for Bravo ever since it premiered nearly 20 years ago. Most people don't realize like Bravo used to like show soft porn back in the day. And then eventually (laughs) they started to build out their culture programming and then happened to do Real Housewives of Orange County, which was really just to look at some affluent women that lived in the OC. Image is everything in my world. And from there, it kind of just continued to build. And then they brought Atlanta and New York and New Jersey. And every time they brought a new franchise, it got more and more outlandish. And we started getting the table flips and the leg throws and all of that sort of stuff. They throw legs. Legs. There was one with the prosthetic leg. And she, (laughs) in the finale, threw her prosthetic leg across the room. The only thing that is artificial or fake about me. She threw her leg. Her actual leg. She did she hop on out after? I think somebody eventually picked up the leg and gave it back to her so that she didn't have to hobble on out. They say this is the last straw. I mean, this is the last leg. (laughs) I mean, and now we're in a great time where there are so many crazy legal scandals that are making it even more culturally relevant. Enter the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City in 2020. 
Bravo's 10th Real Housewives franchise. A quick lesson on how to be a good Mormon. Don't drink, don't swear, treat your body like a temple. Why do a Housewives in Salt Lake City, Utah? I feel like Salt Lake, they did it for the Mormon aspect and for like the polygamy side of it. You know, I think they thought they would find some interesting housewives and they knew they wanted to branch out. And so they just figured Salt Lake was the best place to explore, you know, a niche community. And we see a lot of the Mormon stuff. We see a little bit of the open relationship stuff. But from the very first day of shooting The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, there was one woman who quickly stood out from the rest. You can't buy the tits because my plastic surgeon retired. Jen Shaw was the breakout star of Real Houses of Salt Lake City. Shut up about Mary! I don't give a f Do you understand? She was the one that people recognized because she had such a big personality and such an infectious personality, right? She gave good sound bites. She knew how to give good interviews. She knew how to bring the drama. Do you, bitch? Do you hope she's okay? How did Jen Shaw portray herself on Housewives? I think Jen Shaw really wanted us to believe that she was a very successful businesswoman. She had multiple businesses that was bringing in all of this money to fund this affluent lifestyle that she was trying to portray on the show. And on top of that, she was a stellar mother. You know, she was raising two boys. She was a devoted wife. So she really tried to sell us on her being the every woman, the, you know, the superwoman, really. And she could juggle it all. And that's what made her an authority and the perfect housewife. But it turns out the perfect housewife is not so perfect. In fact, her origin story is fraught with ridicule, racism, and an overwhelming urge to show them all. My name is Amy Jones Glenn, and I'm from Orem, Utah. I went to school with Jen. In Mountain View High School, you could pretty much recognize, you know, everybody you kind of shared, everybody had the same classes together. We'd fit in one picture, you know, that senior class picture. Amy's right. I'm posting that senior class picture at Queen of the Con on Instagram, so you can see the entire graduating class of Mountain View High School does actually hold in one photo. See if you can spot Jen Shaw. She was born Jennifer Kekalani Louis on October 4th, 1973 in Provo, Utah about 40 miles south of Salt Lake City. So in Utah, there's basically three pockets. There's the Ogden area pocket where Hill Air Force Base is. And then there's Salt Lake Valley, which I would say is the epitome of the Mormon church. On the east side, that's where the, the leaders of the Mormon church live. And they seem to be sort of the intellectuals, and they look down on Utah Valley. And while Jen is Mormon, growing up in Salt Lake City, she doesn't look like the other Mormons at all. She's of Tongan and Hawaiian descent and has darker skin than all her friends and classmates at school. There was a huge, huge lack of diversity. Everyone was white. There were not a lot of people that had any sort of color to their skin. She was exotic, I would say, compared to all of the white Mormon kids and completely different than almost everyone at the high school. And even before high school, navigating that all-white Mormon culture was painful for Jen. 
So Orem Junior High School had a reputation for being a very rough school. People were mistreated. My sister, when we first moved up to Utah, she was made to sit on the floor of the bus by people who lived down the street. So these were people we went to church with. These were people who were good Mormons, who came from good families. My sister had glasses and braces and was going through the ugly duckling stage. And these neighbors, these good kids, made her sit on the floor of the bus and they spit on her. Why? They just picked on her. But Jen gets picked on for an entirely different reason. Her skin color. Jen's own aunt has said publicly on that ABC News Hulu documentary, The Housewife and the Shawshanker, that Jen's life as a young girl growing up in Utah was rough. I remember her on one afternoon coming home from school. I noticed that her skin was just bright, had a bright, bright, bright red tint to it. And she said, I scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed and it won't come off. And I said, we're well, talking about what won't come off. And she said, the kids at school are calling me dirty and I'm trying to scrub it off. It won't come off. And they saw her as different enough to ridicule her and make her feel different and feel less than. But to Jen's credit, she quickly figures out a way to rise above all the racism surrounding her and goes on to become one of the most popular girls in high school. The first time I remember seeing Jen was when we were at an assembly and out came this tiny Polynesian girl with this beautiful long hair and she seemed to have a look of uncertainty in her eyes and when she danced everybody went crazy because she was such a great dancer and everyone else was white and couldn't dance and Jen was the center of attention. All eyes on her, cheering, applause, screaming. It was like you'd think the Beatles were in the gym. She was that popular, that fun to look at, to watch. We couldn't get enough of her. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. So you were kind of like, were you like a fan? You say it was like a, like she was like a celebrity. Were you like one of, were you one of the people cheering? I played the cello and did ballet and I was probably too refined for that. But secretly, I couldn't take my eyes off of her. It was so fun to watch. I probably would never have admitted that. And I don't know why, but I, everybody loved this. You know, when someone's a good dancer, you just, it captivates you. I can still see in my mind's eye this insecure girl, shy even, walking in in the auditorium and just that look in her eye of insecurity. And then the lights came on, the music came on, and that girl danced and everyone loved it. We couldn't get enough of it. It could have just been Jen by herself and we would have been clapping and screaming and cheering and wanting more. And maybe that's why she liked it. Maybe that was the beginning of, I'm different, everybody likes me, and I'm special, more special, popular, cool, cheerleader, short skirt, long hair. But still, there was this almost magical or wonderment in her eyes, like, why is everybody cheering for me? Like, what? This is, I'm just Jen. And I think that kind of evolved into a confidence and an expectation where she kind of came into her own, where she fit into that role of popular and there were accolades for what a fun person she was to see and be around. And she was a cheerleader in school. Like she'd go to all the games and 
That's that's how she would dance as part of the cheering. Front and center, front and center, because she was the only one that could move. She was the only one that had any rhythm. She was the squad. She was the cheer team. Jen Shaw was so popular in that high school and apparently made so many lifelong friends that even to this day, in light of the scandal currently engulfing her, most of her classmates are refusing to talk to me. We reached out to a bunch of them and got radio silence. Some even take to Facebook, commenting publicly on the Mountain View High School alumni page about our efforts to locate Jen's former classmates. So how many of us received an email asking us to spill dirt on Jen? I'm not a tea spilling kind of girl. Jen and I moved in different circles, but I always thought she seemed fun and nice. I got one. I'm assuming they sent out mass messages and somehow got a list of Mountain View High School graduates. I was planning on ignoring it as well. Not interested in the least in giving them any sort of information for their expose. I'm with you. I met Jen in elementary school and the last I'd seen her was our five-year reunion. I still think of her as the very young girl from high school. I got one as well. Not interested in becoming a professional gossip myself. I figure someone probably would though. But there's one former student in that alumni group who's refusing to talk for an entirely different reason. I would never say anything about Jen. She scares me. Maybe this woman watches The Real Housewives and knows all too well how combustible Jen Shaw can be. Because you're an evil-ass bitch that is pissed off because her membership at Facetune ran out. I do think that Jen's crazy temper and belligerence probably have something to do with her childhood. The racism, the teasing, the being Mormon of it all. Jen's high school classmate, Amy Glenn, knows all too well the rigor of that kind of life. Are you Mormon? Yes. I have six children living in Utah Valley, which is often referred to as Happy Valley, which is predominantly Mormon. The things that are normal about the world are viewed as wrong here in this valley. This is a different world for women. We live in a very patriarchal society where you are absolutely supposed to follow the man's lead. You bow your head and say yes to the man. And that's how I was raised with my father. That's how I was expected to be with my husband. That's how I was. That was it. It was complete submission. I tried with everything that I had to follow his lead. There are more than 6 million Mormons living in the United States right now, and a sizable chunk of them reside in the state of Utah because Brigham Young founded Salt Lake City, and he was the second leader of the Church of Latter-day Saints. How would you describe Mormonism to someone who's never heard of it? Mormonism is an extremely family-oriented, time-consuming, money-consuming investment. And the emphasis is on pre-Earth life and where you're going to go when you die. And that families can be together forever and we should have large families 
and we pay 10% of all of our income back to the church. You go three hours to church every Sunday, and then you have a couple of hours of youth activities during the week. You're very committed to this lifestyle of, you didn't wear sleeveless clothes. You didn't wear two-piece swimsuits. You didn't wear short shorts. You were supposed to be modest and you didn't swear. You were you know, expected to not drink, not smoke, be morally clean. Mormonism actually began in Western New York in the 1820s when a man named Joseph Smith is said to have dug up some golden plates from a nearby hill inscribed with strange writing that looked hieroglyphic. God is then said to have helped Joseph Smith decipher those golden plates and write, The Book of Mormon. Have you ever seen that musical, The Book of Mormon? No, I have not. I saw it and it was, it was brilliant. It was hysterical. It was amazing. I believe. And all these things are in lyrics of songs that the audience is laughing, thinking, oh, this is so funny. But, like, it's true. Like, that's what Mormons believe, right? Yes. And when you say it like that, it really does sound over the top, but it is exactly spot on. You, as a member of the church, are expected to not look up anti-Mormon information. You're expected to only explore the things that the prophets and leaders have said, to listen to anti-Mormon sentiment. Um, you would be running the risk of endangering your testimony, your testimony of the only true church on earth. And Jen Shaw is a member of the only true church on earth, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, for most of her life. But in the 1990s, she attends the University of Utah and meets the man who would become her husband and the father of her children, Sharif Shaw. And ultimately, it's her marriage to Sharif that prompts Jen to walk away from Mormonism altogether. My husband Sharif is Muslim, but I was raised Mormon and that's all I knew until five years into my marriage. I'm like, hey, Sharif, why don't you convert to Mormonism? And he was like, are you kidding me? They didn't accept black people into the Mormon church until like 1970-something. That's when I started questioning, you know what? I cannot sign up for a religion that didn't accept my husband and my kids. That's the point when I was like, okay, I'm converting to Islam. Assalamu alaikum, bitches. Jen Shaw is correct. Up until the 1970s, African-Americans were persona non grata in the Mormon church. And the Book of Mormon musical confirms that fact. And I believe that in 1978, God changed his mind about black people. Black people! Anyway, 
As a teenager, Jen works as a nanny for a doctor. And on the weekends, she models at local fashion shows and does photo shoots for various magazines and online publications. But while attending the University of Utah, Jen gets pregnant and eventually drops out to help support her husband, Sharif, who's in law school at this point. In 2006, Jen starts working in the telemarketing industry, and she quickly rises up the ranks, eventually starting her own company, and she starts making a lot of money. And it's her wealth and lavish lifestyle that gets Bravo's attention when they start casting for The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City in late 2019, and Jen starts building her team. My job with Jen Shaw was styling her and also creating, designing, and sewing looks for her. A lot of the things that she needed for her Bravo life, pretty much. Koa Johnson is a fashion designer and stylist who Jen hires to help her create the image you see on The Real Housewives. He had eyes and ears on everything Jen was up to. He's also one of the reasons she got caught. I remember one time Stuart screwed up on some kind of transaction or lost like like about eight million. And Jen was very upset and she came down to the office late at night with Coach and they were both yelling and screaming at him, asking him where their money is. What Koa Johnson is about to share has never been shared with anyone before, and it's insane. Would you call her a con artist? I would just call her a con. She's not very much of an artist. Next time on Queen of the Con. And Koa handled this shit. It's, no, not let it. You fucking handle it. Everybody fucking leave. Leave. Who do you think recorded that video and released it? That's a good question. <laughs> I know everybody wants to say it's me. It's definitely not me. Being an employee of Jen Shaw is truly a terrifying experience. Going through abuse and being assaulted the entire time and berated the entire time. Her life was in shambles. She was in chaos constantly. It was a complete nightmare. And my colleagues had to go through it myself. A lot of the people around us had to suffer her wrath. Looking back, did Jen Shaw scam you? Yes, she did. Portions of public statements from court records and from social media posts were dramatized verbatim in this episode. Queen of the Con, The Unreal Housewife, is a production of AYR Media and iHeart Media, hosted by me, Jonathan Walton. Executive producers, Jonathan Walton for Jonathan Walton Productions, and Eliza Rosen for AYR Media, written by Jonathan Walton. Segment producer, Gregory Harvey. Senior associate producer, Jill Pashesnik. Coordinator, Milena Krolieski. Sound design by Tim Mulhern. Edited and mixed by Tim Mulhern. Supervising producer, Victoria Chang. Audio engineer, Justin Longerbeam. Studio engineer, Maximo Abraham. Mastered by Victoria Chang. Legal counsel for AYR Media, Gianni Douglas. Executive producer for iHeartMedia, Maya Howard. Voice acting by Courtney Hetrick, Milan Faxis, Milena Krolieski, Alyssa Heimrich, 
and Christine Goldstein. If you're enjoying Queen of the Con, click that share button and send it to your friends and family. Also, if you can, leave us a five-star review. Reviews really help other listeners find us. Court records, police records, the Department of Justice, Homeland Security, victim interviews, interviews with investigators, ABC News, Time Magazine, Us Weekly, TMZ, People, Access Hollywood, and Bravo's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City were the sources used for this season of Queen of the Con. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 